This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Welcome to another episode of NL Hafta. We are from a slightly lifted lockdown in Delhi, but our office still just has us. We are still trying to work from home as much as possible in the interest of safety. So on the panel on the hafta today we have in the office Manisha Pandey hi Manisha hi Miraj Lone hello Raman Kripal hi joining us from Patna our very own Anand Vardhan hi Anand hello and joining us is also Yogita Limaye uh, she is the India correspondent for BBC she has been with them for 8 years and she has also in the past worked for CNN IBN and she's reported from Korea from the Middle East and has had stints in various parts of the world she has uh, covered a range of issues including the syrian conflict the refugee crisis in greece and the north korea south korea never ending saga thanks very much for having me so before we get into discussing all that we have to discuss may i please urge you to pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served newslaundry.com is an ad free platform because we believe when we sustain ourselves on your contributions and in your memberships then we will remain a more honest news organization and if we become too heavily dependent on advertisers whether it's government ads or large corporations that is who we shall end up serving that is but natural in the general trend of how economic models evolve so uh, what are the headlines we have manisha a terrible news of a chemical gas leak coming in from Vishakhapatnam eight people including a child have died and the story is still developing we are recording on the day that the story broke three photojournalists from Jammu and Kashmir have won the pulitzer prize uh, lots of jubilation and celebration in the valley and in jammu but lots of broken hearts in delhi and there's also predictably a political storm around it uh, there's a lot of commotion between uh, the center and various states over train tickets for migrants uh the state as the center as of now is paying for the train tickets but earlier they had said that the states would have to chip in uh meanwhile karnataka has cancelled all special trains for migrant workers after meeting with builders india meanwhile is going to send navy and a fleet of planes to get back workers standard abroad i and think the rescue operations have started and they'll pay for it yeah the, the workers will have to pay right liquor stores were opened this monday across the country and there were lots of lines and social distancing went for a toss and so manisha has lost to say on that we yes, should discuss that uh, delhi has imposed a 70% corona tax on alcohol following the bheed bhad that was witnessed at the thekas and mumbai has gone back to revoking permissions of sale on alcohol then there was a case of the boys locker room an instagram group that was discussing vile and horrible violent stuff about women and these were school kids uh, so that happened and there has been a suicide apparently yesterday and uh, at least the first statement of the police suggests it may have something to do with boys locker room but they are still investigating then a french hacker has claimed that there are some security flaws in the arogya setu app the government claims no but no specifics have been discussed as usual manas a wonderful subscriber has read a, has sent a piece on that hopefully we shall be able to publish it then the hizbul mujahideen's riyaz naiku was killed and that led to a lot of chatter yeah. around kashmir it was again in the forefront but this happens every few months this was after the handwara encounter where five security personnel lost their lives including a colonel and a major so thank you for those headlines and before we move forward just want to remind you check out newslaundry.com we have a lot of interesting stuff we have podcasts there's nls nl where the people from newslaundry debate each other on issues that they believe in and we also debate with 
subscribers and um, the highway on my podcast which is a podcast we've started during the lockdown to take you around the country so let's get straight into discussing what made news and what didn't so uh, welcome uh, yogita thank you for joining us where are you right now i am in mumbai uh, that's where i'm based i see so i believe you're also keeping a watch on what happened this morning at uh, vishakhapatnam you have uh, bbc crew on the ground there or are you like covering it from maharashtra what do you know of what's happening there uh, so we don't actually have bbc crew on the ground in vishakhapatnam but because uh, you know the bbc launched a telugu language service uh, about uh, you know a little over 2 years ago you know the great thing is that we have people in the region who can sort of bring in the news for us uh, and you know in this odd situation where we're all stuck because of the coronavirus crisis i mean ordinarily i can imagine that we would be perhaps already on a flight going to Vishakhapatnam at this stage but obviously we can't do that right now uh, and so we're relying heavily on the information that is being brought in by uh, you know our bbc telugu colleagues there uh, we woke up of course to these sort of very distressing visuals on social media of people lying on the ground uh, suffering from breathlessness and uh, you know so far obviously the information that we are getting is that hundreds are affected but the scale i think yet you know quite unknown and sure. i don't think we'll know it for some time yeah i mean the last i saw they were still rushing people to the hospital and really scary this gas leaked and and um, it's called pvc i think polyvinyl chloride or something they were saying so, well uh, i mean yeah we're still understanding sort of how toxic the gas is i mean the latest number that we have from our colleagues is that eight people have died uh, and it leaked at about sort of uh, 3 am local time which means you know people would have been in their homes and asleep so actually the disaster sort of response force is going door to door to check whether sort of there are any people who are unconscious in their homes i mean we know from uh, you know eyewitnesses that residents did run out in a panic and uh, you know that's where i think some of the visuals we're seeing coming from people laying sort of on the on the ground on the road but uh, you know obviously we don't know uh, how many people are still perhaps in their homes and unconscious so that's what we know the disaster management team is doing right now and oh sorry i'll just correct myself at the gas apparently styrene pvc was one of the polymers that was made in the factory that's not really a gas anyway i don't know much about chemistry so um yogita now you've been with the bbc for 8 years i just wanted to ask you a general media related question here the bbc specifically and the foreign media in general are often attacked by certain elements of the indian media as towing the western line and Uh, you know that that they they are not serving indian interests do you face that often in your career when you talk to colleagues who work for indian news organizations other than studio screamers is that a narrative that also plays out in the community of journalists and to what extent is it true that there is certain i mean i think bbc and cnn maybe less so because they use a lot of indian correspondents but the economist i have seen certain pieces that they write I read it and I'm saying clearly someone who's not been to India has written this because I guess economist doesn't really have such a solid indian crew you know both bits what do you make of this constant attacks of news becoming so partisan that bbc will only serve western interests and not the interests of journalism Arnab Goswami at least said on a debate that <laughs> that he appealed to Boris Johnson to lock them up 
Lock them up. <laughs> Lock so, yes. I mean, we've faced a lot of attacks, obviously, uh, you know, from people on television and obviously on social media, we're attacked uh, pretty much all the time, personally, as well as sort of on an organization level. I can't say that I've actually been accused of sort of an anti-India bias by anybody I've met in person or, you know, f- other friends I have sort of in the Indian news space or who are, you know, my fellow journalists who I meet on the ground or on the field. So, you know, I've, I've, I've never been at the receiving end of something like that, but yeah, you know, you very often receive it on social media and uh, on TV. And, you know, from uh, it's difficult to comment on sort of other organizations and what um, their composition is like simply because I don't actually know. Uh, you know, what I know of the BBC, and I think this is a significant change and it's something that, you know, in many ways, I, uh, you know, as a journalist in general, I do feel proud of that, you know, there was a time when even in the BBC, the biggest stories when they broke, you'd have sort of somebody uh, who is foreign uh, flying into this country and reporting from here. That has changed to such a massive extent. I mean, I'm an Indian national. Uh, I'm their Indian correspondent. My biggest sort of range of experiences from India and South Asia. And, you know, that is the writing and the producing, you know, very often I think people have this impression that we just file stuff into London and then they create something out of it, which is sort of entirely not how we operate, actually. Every story that we do here is written by a team that is here, is edited by a team that is here and then sent to London. And of course, we have editorial processes. So there will be, you know, many pairs of eyes looking for it simply to follow the rigor of, you know, to make sure that you're not biased. Journalistic filters, yeah. But but the final product is sent. It's I mean, it's a packaged product sent, not raw stuff yes, that now you cook exactly. it. Exactly. So, you know, this entire thing about towing a foreign line. I mean, I'm, I'm not entirely sure sort of where that comes in or perhaps it comes from a place where they don't know the processes. Okay, does anybody else Or want- it comes from, the, from a no. place where they tow the line and they imagine that everybody does the same. <laughs> I think like three, uh, in the recent time, three incidences where BBC specifically came under fire. One was Kashmir. They were the first to report on protests in Kashmir. Right. Till then we had TV journalists, you know, talking about biryani being eaten by Ajit Doval and normalcy. But khushi, khushi ki leher. The, they were the first to bring us a report from Kashmir. The video footage yeah. of the protests, yeah. Which was happening and it turned out it was true. There was nothing. I mean, everyone but, accused them of fake news, but that was... Then I think Yogita herself did a, a report on Corona from Maharashtra where she interviewed a doctor who spoke about how unprepared they were. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that also got them a and bit of the flag. And the Delhi but carnage that happened in February, yeah. the communal violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I interviewed Jamie Angus. I think he's director of your World Service Group, right? Yes. In March. And, yes. Um, and it was a revelation to me of how actually the allocation is done because you know, Boris Johnson had threatened that because the BBC was clearly not favorable to him during the election. And it does have like a liberal bias. I do think it does. But I think most news organizations around the world do. Other than a few which have become very popular. But we can get into the reasons for that later. It is the parliament has already assigned the funds for the BBC for seven years. Hmm. That means if Boris Johnson does anything today, that also has to be by an act of, of uh, where he has to amend uh, an act in parliament. So it doesn't impact today anyway. So it's quite a foolproof way of actually keeping it independent of any kind of influence of even the government. I think it's a it's a clever because you know you don't know who's in power five or seven years from now. So no one wants to kind of mess with that. But I would just uh, if anybody wants to weigh in on this because I want to just use this opportunity to also talk about the Pulitzer prices. So Anand, if you want to weigh in on this and then we can move. No, I think uh, BBC was set up under royal charter and not act of parliament. So. 
they are more accountable they were more accountable to the lordships and not public officials no the budgets so, are allocated by the parliament uh, that, that that would be done means i'm saying about accountability pattern right so politicians prime minister know margaret thatcher famously said that she fought three elections against bbc so <laughs> but i am talking about uh, the I- I- indian perspective on bbc and it has a Uh, means long history it is it also has to do with the indian diplomatic community i don't believe that a news platform can be consistently anti something or pro something uh, i also i don't believe that biases can only creep in only if it is done from a western capital and not uh, from their own uh, set of correspondents in a country Uh, so uh, it could be a set of biases which are the biases could be uh, different but the bias common. nevertheless hmm. uh, common common in every so is uh, there are two ways i think it has a uh, india has a very uh, two pronged approach to bbc there is a generation which is very nostalgic about growing up with bbc i was one of them so uh, which uh, in remote places grew up bbc broadcast and something like that though very conscious of its uh, and the limitations of its perspective in 1940 when uh, in apart from bbc when it's uh, a hindustani service which was later bbc hindi in, in on 11th may 1940 it was set up if i remember right and what was expected and the first criticism that came from the indian leadership of bbc was that it was the newest technology then for indians uh, apart from radio and all india radio so and the british service and it didn't cover the bengal famine of uh, 1943 right to the extent that indians wanted and uh, it, it didn't cover and uh, mr stephens who was the editor of statesman was the one who did it so uh, it somehow passed its radar and next when you have bilateral confrontations or even battles was like in 1965 it was accused of it Uh, interestingly in 1970 there is an academic paper by i think he was uh, i'm forgetting in his name is uh, perhaps alexander pringston he wrote about the new imperialist approach of bbc to covering south asia and it was a critique of a documentary called calcutta in mid 1970s indira gandhi government asked bbc to pack up for its bias and then you or you have in 2001 and uh, this uh, modern asian history uh, teacher at oxford premi adi writing a detailed critique in one of indian newspapers then you 2008 they were criticized for calling the mumbai terrorist as gunmen and mm, then in 2016 obviously the most the association of mqm movement with indian funding which was uh, even some pakistani commentators said it was poorly sourced and read like a chinese whisper written in hurry so there is a history to it to, there are two dimensions to it one is which is very nostalgic about it which grew up with it which was its window to the world and then there are apprehensions about 
the kind of reporting so I guess, that's done. I guess it's not a necessarily 2020 phenomenon, but I think the obvious hostility that the media has to serve the country's government or there is something like, you know, serving a patriotic cause rather than serving news and the two may not necessarily overlap. And I just want to, like, for example, now this Pulitzer Prize case, I'm just for context, you know, before we discuss it, and uh, those of you who have read this are aware that Dar Yaseen, Mukhtar Khan, and Channi Anand of the Associated Press won the Pulitzer Prize for feature photography, and this is for their work in Kashmir. Mm. Now, maybe Mehraj could tell us what exactly the reporting of Associated Press from Kashmir was, but there has been this... I mean, I don't want to talk about social media because social media, they're always pushing back on something or the other. But even many journalists have said that, um, you know, how can we celebrate a Pulitzer when the media narrative that they were reporting was that India is an aggressor or is unfair of what's happened to Kashmir. Or even people like Sambit Patra, he tweeted that anti-India... So-called Indian journalists. So-called Indian journalists, anti-India propaganda. So in that context, A, Mehraj, just tell us what was their coverage like and B, in times like this, has journalism become such a, um, I mean, is it at odds with the current interpretation of patriotism that we can't even celebrate, you know, Indian journalists winning such a prestigious award? Or is there some truth that it was very one-sided, the coverage? Because I really haven't, I don't know the specifics of these stories. So the work they got the award for was basically, they're all photojournalists. Right. After the abrogation of 370, Kashmir was in lockdown. The journalists who flew from Delhi and went around in helicopters and security with security caravans. Yeah, the people are eating biryani and everything is fine. And look at Srinagar, it's calm and peaceful. And these people went, like BBC also, you said, BBC Mm. went and they found this people who were protesting, who were going out. Mm. And people were being violently made to stay inside. They just took pictures. Now... This is where this whole idea about bias is so stupid. If you are a human being, whether you are a journalist, you are a doctor, whatever you are, you will have your biases because you grow up with certain kinds of values, you grow up with certain kind of culture. That reflects in the words you put down, that reflects... Everything you do, man. Exactly. The story you choose to tell. Exactly, everywhere. With the photographs, you could say that, I mean, obviously those photographs are not manipulated. They show what is there. But Mm. then again, when you are pointing your camera to somebody at something... It's that lens, how you frame that lens. Whatever is beyond that frame, you don't see that. Right? Right. So it's also a subjective lens. Sure. But that doesn't take away that this is not the reality. You could use that mm. that way also. You could use that lens to basically twist the, sure. twist the facts, twist, twist the reality. But this is part of the reality. This is what you need to see. And what it showed was, showed was what those photographs show was. And they're there for everybody to see. Utter, utter barbarity. And it's like if you now the another problem is people just will take that picture and the caption underneath it and outrage. But then you have to see that this is a history. This has been happening. Dar Yasi and Mukhtar, they have been there for 20 years, 25 years. And if you see their work, it's the same work they've been doing since 1990s. Right. It's the same kind of images they've been seeing. Hmm. So this is happening on the ground. This is the reality. You can say, oh, they're outraged about all the things, but you can't take away from the reality. So Yogita, if you could just weigh on this as an international correspondent, you've been an Indian who's also reported for Korea, the Middle East. Is this tendency the same the world over that if you tell a story for an international agency, critical of the country you're in, the government will always look at your journalism as suspect? 
I think, yeah. I mean, I think that's universally true. We face criticism in so many countries that we report in, uh, you know, our colleagues, for example, I mean, let me give you an example of Iran, where, you know, our BBC Persian colleagues, their families, I mean, most of them have to be based out of London, because they, you know, just cannot operate from Iran. But even their families are often sort of regularly harassed by the state. So I think that's, you know, that's sort of a universal thing. I think, you know, with the Pulitzer, I think what I felt really good about was that the Kashmir story, really getting the spotlight and the attention that it deserves. Uh, you know, I've, uh, I was in, uh, you know, and also I think it's, it's, it's really credit to how these people have worked. I mean, we were there right after the lockdown. I think it was unprecedented for journalists in possibly at least the past two decades to be working without any communication whatsoever, uh, you know, and, and the, the way they've worked, you know, taking those photographs, uh, going to airports, convincing people to take those pen drives on the flights that were going out of Srinagar. We, you know, had to sort of get, fly in somebody from Delhi so that the stuff that we filmed, edited, was then sent with that person. Yes, in fact, if I may cut in, Ayush's story here, please read, it's called pen drives and gumption and gumption of how the journalists cover that but uh, just for you continue Yogita you mentioned Iran now I mean India and Iran okay but is that true for South Korea is that true for let's say Britain is that true for the United is that true for liberal democracies because I'm not surprised about Iran but I'd be surprised if that were the case in liberal democracies because I do believe that India stands a little sadly apart on that parameter of journalism being criticized if it does not serve our government? Uh, I mean, but I think we face it in the US all the time as well. I mean, like we, you know, it, we do get invited to every press conference that is held there. But it's, you know, it's not a secret that President Trump is not necessarily fond of our coverage. Like, you know, my colleague John Sopel, who was at a press conference there, uh, you know, and he got up to ask a question and, you know, uh, the president said, oh, you know, the BBC, another beauty. And, you know, obviously that was not said in, a, uh, in, in, in any kind of complimentary <laughs> manner. Okay. Uh, uh, in the UK, we get criticized by uh, all sides. So I think, uh, you know, if you're seen sort of, writing something that somebody doesn't want written in every country you get criticized you know to what extent that then you know sort of becomes risky for people who are based there journalists who are based there i think you know that really differs in in different countries but i think criticism is you know we get it everywhere i see raman sir you want to step uh, come in uh, yogita whenever you have to leave i know you have a busy day ahead of uh, you i do to... actually unfortunately okay. have to leave thank you uh, so because okay. i have something to do at one i'm really sorry about that but no uh, thanks very much for having me yes no no problem thank you for joining us and and not cancelling outright. Do you have any recommendation before you leave for our listeners? You know, there is this article, I cannot remember who wrote it and I've been, uh, I don't know, I've just sent it to lots of people everywhere uh, in this sort of, we're in a very distressing phase where we're sort of all by ourselves and there's an article which is titled, This Discomfort You're Feeling Is Grief. And I don't know, I've really thought it was very enriching to read that. It's very different to sort of the topics we cover. But I think on a personal level, uh, it was um, it was nice to read that. It was sort of nice to put a name to perhaps many of us are going through right now in this very weird time. Okay, great. Thanks. Stay safe. Thank you for your time and continue doing the great work you're doing. Thank you very much. It was lovely being here. Bye. All right. Bye. Raman, sir, do you want to weigh in on that before we move on to the booze issue that Manisha wants to discuss. I want to talk about Pulitzer also. You think I only want to talk about alcohol? <laughs> I think you only want to talk about alcohol. <laughs> Am but I not you can capable also of discussing no, think... Pulitzer? You Let are. me put out my female card just because I'm a woman. 
<laughs> you don't want my views on journalism. Did you no. get any alcohol, or you just outraging because you didn't? No, Abhinandan got me. Thank you. Because <laughs> he has such a cabinet of single malls and all that. So, thoda bhot he got me. <laughs> Nonsense. My name, but name, got me. But on the contrary, if I, if I was being sexist, I would not ask you about booze. I would ask you about how to make a sandwich or something. The fact that I have said that you will talk about booze and Raman sir will talk about Pulitzer, I am being, in fact, as feminist as can be. Asan. No, no. I think she should. But no, see, no, for no, me, no, no. Hmm. I have just one thing to add. I mean, he has. Uh, I mean, Yogita and uh, Meeraj. They have told most of it. My thing is, I mean, the persons who deserved it, they got it. And India, in India, somebody getting Pulitzer and something as a journalist. I mean, we. I, I take when I got uh, this uh, our uh, Ramnath Goenka hmm. award. So, so I. prefer to call it is called india's police so, so, right. so that is something which i think i i but felt very nice that some indians have got it but the fact that spokespersons of the government were criticizing it shows what basically journalism and and the government power has just become it's it's deteriorated to a level where you can't even celebrate i mean it's like an award an international recognition that mm. could be for anything but can you imagine the outrage of you know whatever i think cricket could wits and shits and data tha you know sachin getting it and government saying oh how can he get it he's been you know not good or any any other award but in journalism it is acceptable for the government to criticize your own journalists and call them so called indian and it passes without comment i think no i don't a, want to judge politics uh, yeah. i don't want to make uh, you know discuss uh, or make it political this mm. issue pictures are absolutely real i mean if right. somebody is taking a picture it's exactly. absolutely real that's photo, it right. so i don't want to say beyond that mm. i mean the photos they were very good pictures and mm. uh, they won the award that's it also i think sorry also i think the problem here is i mean government they can say whatever they want to because these pictures the award doesn't show them in very good sure. light what is even more distressing is all these so called journalists yeah. who should be celebrating it i mean fine you don't agree with the kind of work or whatever it represents fine you do a different kind of work but i mean i think this is also somewhere motivated by professional jealousy i mean just imagine i mean it's it's a coincidence <laughs> seriously i mean it's a coincidence last week if you remember we were talking about i was the my recommendation was that piece which won the pulitzer in 2006 right, right? jim sheeler yes. we are talking about a person who wrote for a newspaper that no longer exists right these three people 10 years down the line as long as there are journalists there is journalism people will talk about them they have their name written in history mm. the arnavs the sudhirs of the world 10 years down the line nobody will remember them you never know they if they can trigger, if, they get, if they can trigger something like rwanda then books yeah, will be unless they get tried at the hague no which is true then they'll be infamous forever but i mean <laughs> other than you that nobody will remember them there have sure. been journalists who have had even like 10 times as big reputations in this mm. country nobody we have seen like we are seeing right now in front of our eyes journalists who used to rule the like indian yeah, journalism uh, right no now way. they are on the margins sure Anisha, so I think well, I, th- I thought it was very surprising that uh, the Delhi newspapers. I mean, forget television news, but I thought it was very surprising that Times of India, the Hindu, put the news in the world page. I, mm. I mean, how could you put this news in the world? It's the Indian, uh, you know, photojournalists who won it. Uh, Times of India, Indian Express, they all had it in inside pages. There was no front page coverage. Very different from the newspapers in J and K, of course, that were celebratory about this. And I, I, the biggest problem with this, with people's dislike for this award, is this. refusal to accept that kashmir is a conflict zone and that's the argument you saw across television channels 
and the problem was i'm reading from the pulitzer website what it says is that the pulitzer is for striking images captured during a communications blackout in kashmir depicting life in the contested territory after india stripped it of its semi autonomy there's really factually nothing wrong with it there was a communication blackout there this is a contested territory i mean whether <laughs> we like it or not whatever our position is we think kashmir hamara hai or we but think kashmir ko uh... azadi do but hold on i'm just i'm just finishing my thought I say whatever your political view on Kashmir, whether you think. But that's not you know, factually inaccurate. That paragraph. The fact is that there is a conflict going on there, and you look at Chenni Anand's work, who won it. He, it's a picture of a BSF soldier who's keeping vigil. There is nothing anti-India about it. He's capturing mm. a BSF officer, you know, who's keeping vigil. There's a guy who's taking out a bullet from a wall, Kashmiri boy. There's a girl whose eyes was injured. This is the reality of the place, and sure, there could be biases, like Mehrad said. Of course, these guys have grown up there. Of course, there's going to be a sympathetic lens to you know, which will capture the problems of the citizens yeah, that's, yeah, that's more than the armed forces. But sure. but it's a reality that it's a conflict zone. But uh, what I read on its website yesterday, and uh, what papers also reported, that it used the word independence as as if uh, pre dilution of Article three seventy. There was independence for Jammu and Kashmir. I think that is the so, AP website because the Pulitzer uh, one so, uh, that I'm reading from doesn't have that. Maybe the AP then, website used those words. No, no. Uh, I, I think you may correct me, but I think I read it from the Pulitzer Prize Board. Oh, may, uh, uh, maybe website. it's the award citation. While they were and many papers have reported that the word used the word independence. No, in what context? So, I mean, the word uh, independence can be used, but it, what what's the sentence no, it's used in? No, but it's leading because uh, you see, in modern constitutional theory, independence is equated with a degree of sovereignty, which. Which never, uh, which it never had. It was a part of India. No, no. I'm saying so, it depends on the uh, sentence. I, I depends on the sentence. No, Anand. No, the word independence by itself. A, 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 I mean, if I, if we know the sentence, no, then no, it'll be more informed even, kind even of. In, if, uh, what I'm see, saying is, you, I, I, the sentence can be. You, you could have used the. No, the sentence can be that a state that has a history of a section fighting for independence that is also accurate. What I'm saying is the word by itself means nothing unless we know the sentence that it, where it how it's been used. I mean, otherwise it's a discussion that is really no, not based it, on anything. It, it, it is. It is saying it, it said as I as far as I remember, it said revoked independence, as if independence was earlier existing and now yeah, so it has been revoked. So that is actually inaccurate. So if they said now, it revoked independence, in, now in now independent. So in fact that is that poor actually checking from a Okay I'm reading from the national In fact that is poor fact Sorry I think I'm re- I'm reading from National Herald poor... which quotes the line I think the line that you're talking about was for their striking images of life in the contested territory of Kashmir as India revoked its independence executed right. through a communications blackout maybe they've changed huh. that because currently on their website it so doesn't So probably they remove that because no, that sentence that even if they inaccurate. use the word independence no, that's not I, factually I incorrect it from the, let me let yeah, me say finish i have uh, it it is fine for them to be awarded awards can be given for different region different it is fine uh in fact it's an aesthetic award a, a, a photography at the end of the day even journalistic photography is an aesthetic activity so it's it's great uh, getting awards and though we, people don't look at awards the way they are in 20s when they are in 40s except the recipients of it but still it's award i have no grudge against that it's it's fine even i am happy for whoever gets awards 
but uh, i think uh, it's poor education poor education poor fact checking i i equate it, it with someone getting it uh, a physics or chemistry nobel and the nobel citation getting basic facts wrong so i think it's a, a distortion of facts in the constitutional scheme of things independence autonomy these are different words yeah understood yeah. with all due respect to anand this is really disingenuous they mm. didn't get the award because they said independence of this thing that is the citation they said they no, make they, didn't. they make get they, it they, wrong they, didn't they get got it. the they, award they for the work they did yeah but uh, he's saying and he's even saying the, the he's saying the even the independence word is not factually incorrect i mean whatever the reality on the ground oh, oh. the i am not the thing is those people those people those people might have done excellent work he's saying he's saying the pulitzer getting, getting the the sentence that's wrong. what i'm trying to say even that is not factually in, I incorrect have, I have to say i have problem with the citation citation yeah is, he's understood he's responding so, to that yeah he understood i am that. saying the citation using the word independence is not factually incorrect why not because the instrument of accession if you read that what is the instrument of accession hmm. it says there is this territory jammu and kashmir which is an independent territory right now the maharaja is acceding with us temporarily temporarily right. until this whole thing is resolved even the un i mean on the ground it's a different thing sure. but if you go by like technical things then it's not because kashmir still under the un resolutions under the instrument of accession it's a separate part it's an independent part which is temporarily aligned with india until the dispute is resolved and there's a referendum right but so I that is not incorrect statement is no, wrong no 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 but that is that something happened long time ago yeah ha but in over in a period of time no when you over over one second one second let raman let raman no, finish that's her. true but that over a period of time thing, yes 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 i'm saying on the ground is the autonomy reality. is not independence no, no, i no, think but that's the thing See, article 370 that is the basis of that instrument of accession it's contained in article 370 mm. so when you are abrogating 370 when you are taking away the what do you call autonomy, autonomy. you are taking away that in independence which were, on which was based the correct whatever. but but this again gets into that same debate that, that i exactly. i had which was what do you call subramanian swami versus uh, jeth malani mm. but even within that context i would say as of today whatever the situation is it is autonomous, autonomous. even before article 370 was revoked it was still not independent i mean mm. it could have been before the article of accession was signed ah. and even if it was temporary unless the temporary nature of it had a time given that temporary you know it will lapse if yes. resolve resolution doesn't come in 5 years 10 years 15 years 20 years if there is no such thing then even technically in black and white as of now or as of before the abrogation it is still autonomous it is still not independent it will no, be independent mm. true mm. in reality that was the case it was not even autonomous in reality right, right? i mean it was just any no, other i'm saying even, even as a paper technically but i am saying even in the technical sense if we are getting into this like they use the word independence that have some that somehow takes away from the work they did or that takes away from the award and we should talk about this rather than what they showed in their pictures yeah. then you can yeah, argue I, it like yeah but i think the, two sell the world things. but i think pulitzer ah, realized just... its mistake because they've changed independence ah. to semi autonomy yes yeah. so, i mean i do think independence would be factually incorrect incorrect even so semi autonomy or autonomy factually incorrect yes but not technically incorrect no even technically incorrect yeah. i would say i would say it's even technically ah. incorrect i mean journalistically no, I, so. i would say autonomy autonomy semi autonomy autonomy ah. i wouldn't even say factually it is it's not even autonomous if you were talking factually it was not even autonomous no no but then we right. are living in those pre independence no, days no i am that then you were no, independent no sir i am talking about in 
before August last year, it wasn't autonomous. It didn't have sure. as yeah, many. I understand. So factually, that's true. But what I'm saying is that this whole discussion is disingenuous because you can go on and on about no, it. No, no, that I agree. But I think when one is giving an award, mm. how you word it, these are not casually thrown about words. I mean, it is vetted by one person, then another person, then probably a PR company will have a look at it. Then whoever's handling their outreach will have a look at it. For it to pass so many filters while retaining this word is... I would say a lapse of of better judgment, of journalistic scrutiny, of a bunch of things. So while I will, and again, I think Anand pointed that out also. The merit of the award is a separate matter, which is there. But this probably raised a lot of hackles and is a politically sensitive statement. Ah. So yeah, I mean, I, I and guess so linking the award with this but is wrong. But people who have a problem with it will have a problem. Yeah, with exactly. This I think that's also <laughs> to what I think Mehraj is saying. That if someone gives it, they would find Another problem the was with that the caption. Should. It said Indian controlled Kashmir. That is a universally accepted. But that is, but yeah, but that is. I mean, only in India that. we don't use it, but everyone uses it. Yeah. So I mean, that it's you Pakistan can't. Pakistan administered. I mean, it's and like India a map. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even our R J Ronak, who is such a bhakt, who Pelos Gyan about Hamare Modi ji aise aur Hamare desh aise karai. He bloody Google must have his graphics team must have Google India map and bloody you Google India map. Ninety nine percent of maps available on Google show that chunk of India is part of Pakistan. LOC and the buffoon, crown Hamare nahi hai. And 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 he just used it. So I remember I tweeted. I said, dear desh bhakt Ronak, apki Jai Mata Di Jai Hind whatever Mata ki what is the thing they do? Bharat Mata. Bharat Mata ki Jai. That congratulations. Like an ugly bar when you are doing patriotism for the soldiers, at least have the decency to include the part that they are fighting for in India. <laughs> don't pelo a full, don't pelo a full video on patriotism and use that map. But the fact is, around the world, that is what they call it. Mm. And if you're an international agency, that is what it'll be called, whether you like it or not. So this, by the way, is the same discussion that's happening now after the killings of the army men and the militants the other day. Same kind of discussion, same kind of, kind of arguments. As if I'm in this international agencies, how no, are they no, covering it? Because there is like this whole thing. No, somebody said something about the military people. Right. And what? like. Kafir. No, not Kafir. Somebody said they are war criminals war in Kashmir. Criminals, war crime Joby. Thing. Right, right. And this Sorry. thing, and uh, why are you celebrating them? Somebody mm. said something else, and now this Hezbul commander has been killed, Riaz mm. Naiku. Mm. And the same kind of thing. Why are you saying Kashmir is this? Why are you saying this? This is this, this body. There was Burhan Wani. There was uh, Yatu after him. There is Naiku after him. There will be another, another one after him, another one after him, another one after him, another one after him, until this issue is resolved. Yeah, of course, it's been happening for so long, so it's not going to stop. Absolutely. Yes, so this sure. whole outraging about like these events is... Every I mean, few really, years. Yeah, I mean, you're just trying to turn your eyes from the reality. That's sure. That doesn't... like. And I think the reality what is doesn't very disappear. scary in, uh, in the context of Kashmir and what the Indian media has tried to do, that it's made people... The tolerance to see what is really happening in Kashmir has been reduced to zero. No one wants to see what's happening there. So when you see, uh, you know, like a Sudhir or an Arnab, it's just like, I saw his thing on Pulitzer. He's like, this image will you good image. Will you image will be so hurt to see these images. So that means that girl so, running with the, you know, having been napalmed, in exactly. Vietnam would or Cambodia would anyway it's not I mean, supposed to make to you feel least, good yeah. I, no, but I, <laughs> but irrespective I, of what you think of Kashmir whatever your hawkish stance or you know peacenik stance 
at least journalism is just supposed to be telling us what's, what's happening, happening we think, totally yeah. decided to cover you exactly. know just I think put a parda in front of us even if we were to do the kind of stories news track had done about kashmir and not all of them necessarily done by peaceniks or liberals i mean i remember many of the people at news track were prided themselves of you know having been anyway i should get into that but what they showed about whether it was charare sharif whether it was mast gul whether it was bitta karate you know the interviews of these guys where they come from the militants you know at least it showed what is happening there so no matter what your stance you knew that dude wahan par people are not bathing in you know the the jhelum or or They're this not, thing yeah. and singing songs and drinking kahwa <laughs> and holding hands and singing exactly. bumro bumro i mean i would say even mission kashmir has done more to give us the reality of kashmir than bloody many journalists which is not saying much just really sad yeah but um i just want to read out a couple of mails after that manisha would like to talk about the whole booze controversy <laughs> which she has been harping on for a long time so she will tell you the context i've been very upset and she will also tell you uh, what are her views on that this email comes from krishna teja surapaneni i hope i hope i got the pronunciation correct it is interesting to hear manisha's observation others too but especially hers about having laws in place to curb fake news while i empathize with that is it not limiting the idea of free speech and effect of creating another sedition law also considering our country's history of not trashing outdated laws which are stupid fake news is a terrible thing and more so when it is communal and medical in nature that said arnab in spite of being the greatest propagandist seen on tv has a right to say whatever he said even if we think it is a lie or creating communal hatred in nature unless proven a crime is directly related that's because if censoring happens depending on whether something has to be said or not depending on whether it is acceptable truth to us inciting violence the questions are who decides what is an inciting content because today if i say modi is a liar that would lead to violence if i say ramayan is a story not history that would lead to violence it's my truth and i have a channel and i want to say even if 90% of india says it's fake propaganda that it hurts hinduism it will lead to violence are we ready to f- for a phase where a journalist forced to give up sources because it is very much possible to force any of you to do that by saying you don't have proof or your proof is invalid so uh, krishna i mean i have views on that but before that does the panel have views on what krishna has the said the source but i think he's giving arnab too much credit i don't think he has any source on palghar that told him that sonia gandhi is killing sadhus at the best of handlers if that's his right so i think you're giving too much credit to arnab but yeah on everything else we discussed last week that's a mind field and also i mean source based stories uh, are not uh, you know valid so long as you can corroborate it right Simple. also i think i mean if we are saying that lying also is freedom of speech then you have to be a free speech absolutist then everything goes as long as it doesn't lead to direct violence no well i i yeah uh, you have a view anand uh, well depends on the level of news gathering on at what level the filter is there to uh, say weed out the fake news in a way he is uh, signaling at the danger of uh, Uh, say authorities using it right. as a kind of obstruction for primary news gathering Th- that is a danger but say these obstacles uh, cannot be an argument against uh, the scourge of uh, fake information right so krishna there's just a one thing that i think is not a matter of opinion but which is technically wrong in uh, you know your proposition is that even if it's a lie it is freedom of speech sure you are allowed to tell a lie in freedom of speech but like you said in something that could lead to a death or something that could lead to a death because of it being communal or medical in nature so 
इफ अ डॉक्टर सेज दैट ऐसा करो तुम्हें कैंसर है सर पे खड़े हो जाओ तुम ठीक हो जाओगे दैट डज नॉट दैट इज नॉट कवर्ड बाय फ्रीडम ऑफ स्पीच ही हैज टू प्रिस्क्राइब वॉट ही इज साइंटिफिकली बिन ट्रेन टू डू दैट लॉ एक्सटेंड्स टू अदर्स एज वेल सो वेन देर आर लॉज सेंग दैट यू कैन नॉट ओपन अ क्लिनिक prescribing medicines to people when you are not licensed to be a doctor that is not curbing your freedom of speech that is a law that prevents basic misinformation and incorrect facts or incorrect things that could do damage so i think what you are calling freedom of speech is not really freedom of speech i mean th- there are such laws everywhere and they will always be secondly if as a journalist i make a claim if i say that manisha has committed a murder she murdered a journalist from another news organization because she was jealous of not their pulitzer but they had two cases of whiskey <laughs> i have to be able to prove it my freedom of speech is not inhibited by the state but manisha can say abhi pehle to prove to kar how can you say this about me <laughs> so i think what you are calling freedom of speech yeah is freedom of speech it is being exercised but if your expectation is that someone can stand up and say i am on xyz's payroll and i don't have a right to go to court then i mean you have got your interpretation of what is freedom of speech i think a little out of line it's it's not the same thing and, what you're saying and uh, just to add to that if we don't take a political example z network in the uk was fined by ofcom which is a regulator for airing uh, medical misadvice they fined them 25 lakh rupees and i'm reading from a story that i'd done back in 2015 they said that the program showed that certain alternative remedies herbal and ayurvedic could cure successfully treat or prevent serious medical conditions such as cancer and hernia so these guys were penalized for putting out something which didn't have basis in facts so sure i mean i am not for the criminal route and like we discussed that maybe the way to this is to file like civil suits but yeah, yeah you I mean, basically we can can't talk get about what is the law around it but all i'm saying is that i think this is a misrepresentation of freedom of speech and even in case of Uh, you know the the one bastion of freedom of speech which i guess everybody holds up as the beacon which is the united states of america because of how it's protected in the first amendment when a news organization carried news about a pizza parlor that apparently is running a sex ring with children on account of hillary clinton and someone came with a gun and shot it there was conversation that the law says that if your freedom of speech leads to direct results and it is a direct provocation to say okay ye sunne walo take out the hammers from your homes and go beat so and so on the head i am giving you the direct order but with time and the sophistication of communication technology people are able to this, to say the same thing without explicitly spelling it out so i think what at what level you call a direct incitement to violence that is going to change the world over no also i there are theoretical frameworks very solid ones which say that everything should go even this like you lie outrightly you say eat this grass it will cure cancer and thing it should be allowed and someone has to sue you yes exactly unless it leads to direct violence but the problem is if you live in a society a civilized society that's not possible especially in the indian context where words are used exactly. to dehumanize people that's not the dalits marginalized other people and it's not just india this whole thing is being revisited the world over because of techno because of social media that exactly. you say this but everybody knows what you mean uh, this is not a problem of having no laws or having too many laws i mean whatever these people are doing on tv and newspapers and 
websites all this misinformation and everything there are actually laws against this i mean you have you can use not mm. particularly against this but there are ipc laws criminal procedural code which you can use against these people the right. problem is that they're not being used on no. the other hand you're using anti terror laws against journalists but forget, these people are let off forget journalists yeah you have today there are laws that you know if you are a whatsapp group and you put this kind of message in whatsapp group you can be tried for it you can be arrested but if i say the same thing from my studio bloody there's no law <laughs> exactly so it's so, not the problem yeah, of having or not having laws it's so it's so a this is problem. from vikas vikas says a couple of technical points with regard to the app based contact tracing there can be ways to anonymize data that the app uploads uh, vikas is talking about last week's conversation that we had about the uh, arogya setu there can be ways to anonymize data that the app uploads once someone shows up as a covid positive that person could be asked to explicitly de-anonymize their data but then a government official can claim that's what they are doing in my opinion the only way to ensure that bit of trust is open source and app code and publish app release with signatures there are enough people around to check the claims and verify if the app on app store matches with publicly published app as built from a given version of source code a snarky comment you guys in open source your app while it sucked despite your subscribers saying that they'd be happy to fix crashes here and there including me in a couple of facebook complaint posts can we expect government to be so good then all that for tech side of things but there are also the point that mehraj almost said during lockdown formatories contact surfaces are a bigger risk vector nearness detection with covid positive doesn't help much for that also do we keep our phones while going for groceries i do to make online payments and only when x basket fails me so not sure of general behavior though so vikas has done some important points on on this arogya setu but vikas um regarding what you said why we didn't do the open source it was because uh, there are some protocols we have to follow because we are subscription driven and i i mean you are a tech expert i am not but when you open it there are a lot of people who can also try to you know it's it's an industry where people would like to see news laundry go down so i didn't want to make it a completely open source ki chalo sab karo you've seen what happens to wikipedia also so it's an open source and net net it's a credible and good source hmm. but if someone's having you know is trending badly among people suddenly there'll be all sorts of additions to wikipedia page and a news organization that also has credit card uh, you know purchases happening of subscriptions and stuff we can't take that risk of you know letting anybody access it so that is why and also while there are many people who have contributed to making news laundry successful whether it's money with their time i've had a lot of techies such as you actually write to me and they have advised us and some of them have even coded for us but then i know who i'm dealing with i speak to the person i make them sign an nda not that i don't trust them but i have to follow certain protocols that the board has prescribed because I do have funding and other partners. I can't just take that call. Yeah, yeah, chala, okay, chalo, let's go with it. Organizations can't run like that. And when you compare us to the government, if I had the resources that the government does, I can say with confidence I'd do a better job. Wow. So on booze, अब आप बताइए आपको क्या problem क्या है? कौन सा brand चाहिए? तीन दिन से क्यों आप हम सबको आप बीत रहे हो? कौन सा brand चाहिए? हुआ क्या? क्या हुआ? देश में क्या हुआ? जो ठेके बंद करे लोगों ने यार पहले पहले ओके लॉकडाउन में ठेके बंद हो गए लुक आई फिर सरकार एक कॉन्टेक्स्ट दे दे फिर सरकार ने बोला बॉस ठेके खोल दो जैसे ठेके खोले जानवरों की तरह लोग मतलब many people also followed social distancing and waited patiently for booze hmm. nanital video did you see 
No. In hailstorm, they were standing with their umbrellas, maintaining a distance, social distance. Waiting for their so, so, but some all. in some thekas there was a free for all. Yeah. And so many government said, "Sala band karo." And Delhi government said, "70 percent tax lagao." Now. Uske baad bhi. Uske baad bhi toot pade log. Ab is par kya karna hai, Manisha? Problem kya hai? Sabse pehle mein problem hai. Main bolna chahungi ki band nahi hona chahiye tha because. Some people like to drink milk. Some people like to drink beer. This is an essential <laughs> service. No, alcohol. I hope my niece and nephew aren't listening to this podcast. No, but there is. What is this? Some people like milk. Some people like beer. Mom, today, just do it. Amul, leave it. If you can have the mother dairy booth open, why can you not have takers open? It makes no sense. There is nothing. It's not that a beer bottle is going to transmit corona more than a milk bottle, and it's as essential to many people as you know. And sure. in fact, doctors have said you have a glass of beer in the lockdown will probably help you. It will keep you calm and sane. Hmm. So there was no need for this moralistic approach of saying now ban all. And journalists also went on. Even Rajdeep gave some moralistic tweet. No? And what does it say about our country and all? What What does it say about our country that people that are drinking? People are lining. I, I don't think any other country apart from Thailand and I think South um, South Africa has banned liquor in India. But New York has been reeling in, under Corona. They have uh, alcohol as essential services. Europe, it's available everywhere in supermarkets. Also, uh, New York is having more deaths in a day than we have in a week. Yeah. yeah so i mean there's absolutely it's just a stupid guju dry state mentality that's been thopoed on the whole country okay. which i think is ridiculous and i think also this whole judgment of people standing outside the you know thekas trying to buy is just very classist just because you see a poor man buying alcohol doesn't mean he's a wife beater or he's a criminal or he's some debauched guy who needs you know who should think about his life maybe he just wants a drink yeah his business is shut Corona everywhere. Kind of Just wants a bloody drink. And the kind of question journalists were asking, yeah. I saw it on the TV. What like what? आपकी उम्र कितनी है? He saw somebody with the white hair. Hmm. So इकसठ साल में साले शर्म नहीं आ रही थी को दारू लेते हुए. So ridiculous. So didn't the guy in light kind of, said तुझे क्या? No 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 no. Then no then he's asking him कि what brand you are going to buy. And then he is asking कितनी बोतलें खरीदोगे? Exactly. I saw an NDTV reporter. इसे तुझे चाहिए क्या? आजकल तेरी press conference में free की नहीं मिल रही साले reporter. तुम तो दारू के कारण जाते हो ना press conference? I swear. हैं? जैसा कहीं मैं पता नहीं. साले यहाँ में moral lecture दे रहे हो. This NDTV reporter met a guy and he the guy said basically बहुत line है तो I'll come back again. So he's like आप बड़े दुखी लग रहे हो कि आपको मिली नहीं. वो गाइस लाइक नहीं नहीं मैं तो सब्जी लेने आया था तो मैंने सोचा साथ ही साथ वाइन भी खरीद के ले जाऊं वो भी बेचारा एक्सप्लेन करे कि नो एक्चुअली हम ऑफर द सब्जी आई मीन दिस काइंड ऑफ मॉरलाइजिंग इज रिडिक्युलस इट मेक्स so that you are able to hide that bottle yeah. mm. so anybody like carrying a bottle is being considered a all chemists ah, will yes, put it yes. in a black bag or they all they all they pack it <laughs> in a newspaper kisi ko pata nahi chale so i mean this is the attitude so so obviously meraj you have any views on this now that manisha has got it out of the system <laughs> not really i mean this is the i think the one thing that should be kept in mind is because like doctors have said experts have said that people who are Like dependent on the drink and they have withdrawal symptoms. Actually, in the initial days of the lockdown where I stay, so there was this one guy. He came out in the middle of the night and started shouting. Like the whole neighborhood woke up. Mm. And then next day we realized this was the case. So he was having withdrawal symptoms. In Kerala, symptoms. there was a suicide also. I, I mean, so I, I for know one was reported. There people like that, especially. I mean, for them, it's as essential as medicine. Right. So you have to make sure that they they don't suffer for lack of this. But on the other side, also, I mean, it's not a simple. matter also if you are opening a an establishment which is leading to overcrowding i mean the whole purpose of shutting these things down, down was to so prevent that if it's happening then you have to find a way for that right. and also i saw there were uh, i think protests in karnataka 
by women who said don't Never open the yeah, shops something. because i mean we're having problems at home after yeah. this happens and if you remember in the last election i mean anand would know better hmm. last election in bihar this was a huge issue yeah, prohibition la- uh, nitish kumar won a lot of women voters it. because yes. then he promised so, prohibition so i mean i think alcohol is always going to be one of those which has pros and cons but uh, anand where are you getting your fix from these days <laughs> anand's a teetotaler no, as a lifelong uh, teetotaler <laughs> i i I am no sympathy with anyone who was using it. So, I see. Okay. Join us. So, uh, so Anand, Anand's motto is "Now piunga, now pine dunga." See, uh, it also means boils down to that question, and that's a very debatable question of what's essential and non-essential in an emergency kind of situation. whether people can bracket it as an essential product or not so um i think it is uh, for me it is not an essential project uh, product it is not even a product of amusement but that is my point as a uh, teetotaler right but uh, also uh, as someone was pointing out it uh, the social context of it the drinking is not a solitary activity in india it is it uh, its social consequences as as some um, pointed out that in bihar nitish kumar's uh, political instincts uh, responded to a growing movement of domestic violence uh, uh, movement against domestic violence led by some women and uh, the kind of violence that alcohol triggered in domestic space so it is uh, also whether it's what to eat or drink maybe twice maybe a choice so that someone can exercise but um, given the social context given its place very low in the priority list that people should have i think it was not a well thought uh, the only thing that is that it's a good revenue spinner for the government in fact and that- That's that exactly the point that I want to come to. I think Pratap Bhavanu Mehta has written a piece on this today. The editorial, in fact, that'll probably be my recommendation since I thought we are going to be discussing this. I think what Amrinder Singh said was very sensible. Yeah. He said, "Bottle banned होती है, सब्जियाँ बिक रही हैं, उसको तो आप हाथ से छूते हो ना, उससे कोरोना नहीं फैल रहा, लेकिन बोतल, the liquid is inside, it's not touched by hand, उससे कोरोना फैल जाएगा. So that was sound. Of course, Maharaj's point that if it's leading to crowding. they can say we'll close it until you guys stand in line then people will start standing in line but the fact that depending on which state you're talking about it earns between 10000 to 35000 crore hmm. revenue for the states right now the states are kangal they are getting hardly any you know taxes there's no consumption happening there's hardly any transport happening the center is kangal or close to the only person who's raking it in is the pm cares fund but we'll talk about that some other time now in that environment i think it may not be essential but governance is always an act of balancing interests some good some bad opening alcohol shops can solve a lot of problems for a lot of people by doing some damage but not that much so i really th- i'm i'm shocked i, I, I think th- they are still open but if there are any states who've said we'll keep them closed maharashtra said that i think it is majorly going to solve the states problem कुछ तो हेल्प चाहिए मतलब उनको पैसा नहीं आ रहा है। 
बट वाई शुड रेगुलर मिडिल क्लास पर्सन बी ग्रेजुएट इज एल्कोहल यार एंड यू चार्ज हम सेवेंटी परसेंट मो बटन विस्कीज और लाइक हाई प्रीमियम यू नो ब्रांड्स यू चार्ज दम सेवेंटी बट Does make sense no, to but have really, a bank I, I don't understand this revenue argument. I mean, this is the argument that can be made for literally every business. So, yeah. what is special about alcohol? Because be- it because gives you maximum revenue. You can get maximum. it. Gives you. I'm not l- getting it from electricity. See, for example, I was looking for an electric uh, electricity shop. I mean, I need to buy some uh, you know cables and cables stuff. and stuff, and I couldn't. So I had to ask a police friend of mine. So we are opening that. Somebody opened the shop. and game i got that aapke bijli nahi aa rahi wo nahi mil raha no what you're saying is it can be made for a lot of things but a lot of things a don't contribute so significantly to your coffers and will not have the kind of buyers like for example you can't start construction right like cement sales could also do this cuz construction and infra sales you know there'll be an huge, element of yeah. sales like but if you start then will the labor going to start playing out cement so the potential damage of making cement available you know quintal ke hisab se will not there will be no market for it unless you also allow its use whereas in this case you go buy it go home drink it nothing else needs to be disturbed so in that sense i think it has it trumps yeah but then again it doesn't take into consideration the social costs of it like under under you know, was explaining you know but one thing I, ha- i have a slightly and maybe we're going on a tangent here but this whole thing of i don't think alcohol can turn you into a criminal I think no. you have criminal tendencies and ag- alcohol aggravates it. They, it does. I don't believe uh, that. But instances will go up. I I think there sure, is. In fact, Pratap Bhanu's method. He says that when Gorbachev went on this huge campaign of Russians drink too much vodka, number of crimes against women did come down. Number of violent and criminal cases did come down. Alcohol sales also came down, and the Russian government also, uh, you know. So in fact, the joke Pratap Bhanu's method is portrays that in those days. Gorbachev became so unpopular because of this move because Russians really like their vodka that there's a guy standing in line because itni kami ho gayi thi so there was long long lines in vodka so one guy said i'm just going to kill gorbachev and he went and then he came back and he stood in line again so the guy says have you killed him he says no the line there is longer <laughs> <laughs> so okay yeah i don't know I haven't you haven't you seen um, mard no <laughs> no in mard amrish puri has a famous dialogue आज मैं ब्लैक डॉग पीऊंगा क्योंकि जब भी मैं सॉरी यार आईएएस में ये भी पढ़ना होता है कि तुम ये कर रहे थे कि पढ़ रहे थे आनंद इसीलिए तो फेल हैं कि जब भी मैं एक कोई रंगीन तितली देखता हूँ मेरे जिसम में कुत्ते भौंकने लगते हैं और तुमने ब्लैक डॉग पीता हूँ महाराष्ट्र they're scared there's health problems they're not being fed here and i know many people in delhi who are organizing just people to be fed because there's just so many migrants sitting all over the place so karnataka had requisition trains and cancelled them because apparently and this has been reported by newspapers and portals including the express ndtv etc that uh, yedurappa had a meeting with builders and they said sale ye sab chale jayenge to wapas nahi aayenge to jab building hame start karni hogi there will be no labor 
सो ही कैंसिल द ट्रेन सारा तुम जा ही नहीं सकते वापस अब तुम कैसे जाओगे दो हजार किलोमीटर पीपल स्टार्ट वॉकिंग एंड तेजस्वी सूर्या द ब्राइट स्पार्क द द राहुल टू बीजेपी द ओनली थिंग इज ही टॉक्स लॉट मोर कॉन्फिडेंटली बट ही इज एज एडियोटिक इन माई व्यू एंड ही ऑल्सो हैज द एडिशनल बेनिफिट ऑफ बींग एक्सट्रीमली बिगटेड ही सेट वॉट अ मास्टर बोल्ड बोल्ड एंड इम्पॉर्टेंट मूव टू मेक श्योर दिस गैस कान गो बैक आई मीन इन वर्ड इट लाइक दैट हिज ट्वीट इज अवेलेबल नाउ then videos have emerged the kind of places these guys are being kept in the kind of conditions are being kept in they have no source of income although the yadurappa government has done a decent job of making sure that there's some basic income reaches and rations are distributed but it is still far from adequate and that no state has those resources there is no social distance where the places where they so stay. that is the context and this has led to at least in my view among people who have some basic because this is the story that there's an overlap of human interest governance and its covid it is the perfect story to make prime time television and hardly anyone went with it so yeah that's a context anand your view on this oh, sorry before anand starts mm. this is not even reportedly anymore because the chief minister's office himself has put out the saying that we had a meeting with builders so and we decided this so they yeah. have acknowledged it is yeah. because of the builder lobby yeah. okay anand your view on this see restricting any kind of movement uh, is not fair it's in fact uh, it's a violation of fundamental right to because right to movement is uh, guaranteed in, in the part 3 of the constitution which uh, talks about fundamental rights but uh, there is uh, there are some untold stories about migrants being uh, and uh, how uh, like say green revolution in punjab haryana or western up so the farmers the punjab farmers haryana farmers western up farmers so they are glorified and rightly so for having very productive fields and filling india's uh, granaries but even that was the sweat of migrant labor and uh, there has been a concerted effort by the landowners there to retain it in i remember in 2000 uh, around uh, the time when manrega came and some migrant labor had very high hopes that they now don't need to go to those uh, estates and uh, but that was a very short lived uh, hope and it was that's uh, because manrega is just a pittance and that cannot sustain them and uh, even that was poorly implemented it is still there so uh, there were newspaper reports in bihar that the agents of these big farmers in punjab haryana and western up were going to villages in bihar to pick the labor and convince them to go back with higher wages right and they they came to very remote villages uh, one of them came to my village also and uh, he was from western up and the labor had not gone back and they came to convince him to go back so it, it has been uh, the fears of say builder lobby there as you say it i can relate it to what happened back then so fear no say anxieties of the builder lobby as you put it say uh, that uh, what they will do so it is somehow rooted in that the charm of cheap labor the charm of cheap labor is always there and uh, the 
fear of losing that is always there so that can i hope that can reasonably explain that phenomenon yes. mehraj you want to tell us what you think of this i think in hindsight i mean this whole at least now the lockdown the severe lockdown that has happened i think it's a moral abomination right now because the idea whole idea was like experts are saying the whole idea was it wasn't even the um, the there have been stories have come out based on documents from the task force that was set up by the government so the whole idea was the experts told the government this lockdown is not going to help you in any way other than just give you time to prepare for the peak that's going to come so at the most it will lessen the burden by 20 25% and then ramp up testing get the ventilators and all the other infrastructure in place and let's do it and one and a half months later they haven't done any of that they were supposed to get uh, i think 5 uh, and a half million test kits they got 50000 they were faulty and they paid like through the nose for that right. also so that's a, and what I, the effects are that a lot of people i mean by the end of this god forbid we'll see that more people have died from the fallout of this rather than from the disease itself that is i mean this isn't just a political problem now it's just an economic problem now it's a social problem if you remember when modi did his first speech when he talked about the lockdown and how everybody should pay their workers and everybody i wrote about it also at the time and i pointed out that the social problem in the sense because the segment of the society that has power in this country which is like the upper class upper caste segment which lives in high rises and societies and all that they really don't see these people the i mean i mean this is a generalization of a bit i mean there are great people everywhere but they generally see these people as just a labor pool which solely exists to work for them to serve them and they are expected to live in these miserable conditions and not complain and just go about their work they can be fired at will they can be hired at will and just left to die on the streets i mean if you would allow me i'll just read this one para from that piece in the imagination of this segment of society the one i was talking about and modi reinforced it through his allusions to charity the rest of the citizenry exists sol- solely to serve them cook and clean for them drive them around wait on them grow food for them abandon ancestral forest lands so they could be mined for their benefit even shed their blood and kill for them and this is exactly so you have a meeting with builders and then you decide that these people they don't have any agency they want to go home so what what is the big deal they're here to serve us builder buildings runner buildings in fact, so let them stay when here. you talk about agency i think that's an important part because tejasvi surya's tweet it stank of we are creating opportunities for them they come all the way here to make a living like they know what they want to do with their lives yeah you don't have to tell them you yourself are what 28 29 year old like rather low intelligent runt you know the kind of cockiness this boy has I'm shocked. I mean he's going to grow up to be a horrible horrible man. I mean he just has all the trappings of that. And I'm disgusted that a man like this could be elected by Bangalore Bangi. whatever people say about what a wonderful city and all it was. It has said something about its citizenry. Seriously, it's yeah. not just BJP, it's him in particular. I mean I mean the kind of I saw him yesterday arguing about this. I mean his his lack of self awareness is of Trump level. Like basically he was saying we will tell these labor what is good for you. They don't know. Main to akalmand hu. तो मैं इनको बताऊंगा तुम्हें कहाँ रहना है क्या करना है कैसे बट बट सॉरी जस्ट वन थिंग आई आई थिंक द लॉकडाउन वॉज इम्पेरेटिव आई आई डोंट आई डोंट फॉर अ सेकेंड डाउट दैट द लॉकडाउन डिडेंट हैव टू हैपन आई सर्टनली हैव व्यूज ऑन वॉट कुड हैव बिन डन टू मेक श्योर दर इज फूड अवेलेबल बट द लॉकडाउन इट्स सेल्फ इज टू कॉम्प्लिकेटेड फॉर मी टू गिव अ ब्लैक एंड वाइट टू इफ आई वो से 
if there was a referendum, should there be a lockdown or not? I would still vote yes. I would vote it with riders saying that you have to, of course, provide for certain things. Because the other side, it is so bad. And we've seen that in the world over where they didn't do lockdowns. The numbers have been insane. So I don't for a moment doubt that the lockdown in India has really, we've dodged a bullet. Now, I don't know if we'll continue to or not. But Aditya has just sent me an article, Aditya, wonderful producer, that the Madhya Pradesh government, Shivraj Chauhan's government, who decided to break all social media, social, what is it, distancing norms to form his government and jump around with all the defectors and say, Dekho, ban gaya. Now they plan to ease labor laws and factory uh, to industry. In fact, I will quote from this piece in Business Standard. It says, um, the Madhya Pradesh government is planning to introduce a slew of changes to labor laws, including allowing more factories to operate without following safety and health norms and give a free hand to new companies to, uh, this is quote, quote, keep laborers in service as per their convenience, unquote. So I really shudder at what these labor laws are going to be. It was a conscious decision of the home ministry to, uh, you know, uh, take all these uh, migrant laborers, whoever wants to go back home, they should go back home. So they were arranging uh, buses, they were arranging uh, trains. trains. It was a conscious decision of the government. Okay. Having said that, as Anand said that uh, right to movement is a fundamental right, mm. period. Okay. I think on the part of the Karnataka, it's a state-sponsored kidnapping. Right, yeah. That's, I what, mean, it that's is. what I feel. That is, yeah. It's a state. I mean, if you literally mm. see through the lens of laws, mm. it is kidnapping. Mm. And then the way this Madhya Pradesh, uh, you know, chief minister is speaking, this is slavery. This will amount to slavery. Exactly. I mean, if you just force the labor. I think, I, I think what uh, this one's action, um, Yadurapa's action and Tejasvi Surya's tweet and him appearing on primetime defending it demonstrated was that they think something like this will be given a free pass. Even the questioning that was done to him was so soft, mm. considering what he has said. And this was not by a Sudhir or it was by India Today group, which are not typically the... I mean, I still have my problems with some of the buffoons there. But even there, it wasn't that, dude, what, like, what are you saying? It was still like that monkey balancing. In fact, I'll come to a mail around that. Manisha, and you, you know all the racism that migrants have had to face in the southern states including Karnataka and Kerala where there's this hostility that North Indians have come and even for migrant labors like now why don't you use your own people yeah mm. now get someone from Karnataka get someone from Bangalore get local labor to work on your sites like why do you have to hold Bihari UP migrants to hostage like this and secondly I, I don't think I think the their way home the tickets or whatever the arrangements should have been made by the builder companies themselves that's too much to expect of them but I think it's their duty they these guys for all practical purposes are their employees building companies I think account for maximum NPAs and stressed assets so taxpayers are already supposed to be billing them out of their you know ta um, accounting balancing sheet mess on top of that I don't think the state government should be also providing for their employees these guys are their employees if we criticize Zomato for not taking care of their employees or we're not you know we criticize yeah. Uber Ola for not taking care of their employees we should criti criticize these builder companies for not taking care of guys who are essentially their employees they may be on contract or whatever, but these guys are your employees. You so have, you no, you have no right to retain, I mean, you want to retain them and yeah. you have not paid them for two months. And, and if you want to, then incentivize us. Say ah, we'll double your yes. income if you stay back. Leave alone no, that. I mean, even incentivize they their staying there. They didn't even pay for the past two months. 
exactly. they were just so, given khana there's not even food. that i mean there are videos the conditions the living yeah, conditions like where they are living i've seen the videos I mean, that's yeah. like and so all said and done just imagine your boss telling you you can't leave it's basically that you're you're in a company you want to resign and your boss is like no you can't you that's will stay here that's a hostage situation like you said it is a hostage situation anand you have something to add on this before i move on to some emails yes two three things first yes so uh, right to movement is not a uh, so right to movement as i said is a fundamental right but just as other rights it's uh, it can be restricted under conditions but if the state is providing trains say to bring back the migrants and they have this choice offered by the state itself different level of the federal arrangement say the state government cannot say that we will retain you so it is uh, in a way two kind of policies being followed so as you said that lockdown had its logic and it was also expected that it would have rough ages right at the rough ages migrants would be most hit so it was all expected i am not saying that because it was inevitable the suffering is uh, is can be explained but uh, what i am saying is that these rough ages come with a uh, this season like lockdown and that to for a prolonged period uh, second point migrant labor or migrants are not a monolithic entity they are within migrants there are different kind of sections now, the rational for all to return is different and uh, that i think is a limitation of media narrative that they have clubbed all them as one region there 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 could be different regions some are some regions are very very genuine some are not so some are just say taking it uh, as say uh, going back uh, what we will do this how uh, how long can we live here even with all facilities they can you know so they are just joining the bad bandwagon of uh, the reg- uh, say people who have genuine sufferings so people coming back i can see and hear from them that they they have very different reasons to say to di- yeah, different people yeah but uh, my my only point is that i uh, uh, one thing that one little thing i wanted to add here is that uh, see the urban space particularly has not in india has not succeeded in having that kind of say a, giving a safe feeling a kind of say something that can soothe the anxieties even with all facilities extended or everything extended they would not remain some of course have not got any facilities so they are a different set of people but uh, the security of being at home the, the way it addresses the anxieties it's something that is there also uh, there is this uh, union government and state government uh, here i think are on different tracks the union government is popularizing this uh, that migrants are not a threat to the spread of uh, to the danger of so uh, to spread of uh, this uh, virus covid hmm. but, but, uh, COVID virus, but, uh, but to see the 
statements of health secretary in Bihar says that a major proportion of the cases are from either from people returning from abroad or migrants. But I mean, no. on, on this, no, I, I won't like no. to get into this because this is completely unscientific. Everybody's view on this is completely devoid of any scientific evidence. Everyone's payloading. And I don't think that has this has anything to do with the choice of going back or not. What are the reasons for no, you? No, what are the what, so? Oh, I, I am not going into the scientific. What I am saying is that statistically, when they have profiled the uh, people with positive cases, now I think there are five hundred forty-three positive cases. It's still very low for a big state and third populous state like India, like Bihar. Sorry, but what I am saying that out of the, this five forty-three, and the health secretary says that. A large section of it are um, no, no. It hasn't. It hasn't been found so far. No. Even when he's saying it, I think he's just making a statement. It wasn't studied. A and B. When I said it's a conscious decision, it was very well planned. All these migrant laborers, they had registered themselves with the police station, mm. and they had given their numbers. So, and the police station say they, the call was going to these migrant laborers that these many can go, and it was very well planned. And then they are going to be quarantined when they reach at their place for fourteen right. days. So, I uh, think so it was so okay. that is the process. So, so I, I just yeah. So, I would just like to move on from this, and I'm going to take the last word. One 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 slight confusion is there, maybe because of my wording. I looked up uh, at uh, th that uh, health secretary statement thing, and I pulled out the newspaper uh, because I have also written that migrant workers are being quarantined, and uh, so there should not be any case of the spread. But uh, what the health ministry official has said, and uh, to be just more accurate for my own sake, he he said that. There are were migrants, so that's an law and order failure. There were migrants who just sneaked into the state, sneaked into the state that is without, that means that without proper check at the state border, interstate border. Right. So uh, sneaked into the state, so they might not have uh, gone through the quarantine process. And uh, he's attributing a, a significant number of cases to them. Right. So, but anyway, the point I'm making is that why, I mean, I, Anand's expectation that there should be nuance in this debate. There should be nuance in the debate, but not along the lines of why they're returning. Whether I want to return because I like to scratch my balls at home and not in office. It's nobody's business. No one can say that, no, you will stay here. And on record, Mr. Yedurappa and his spokespersons on television have not said that this is the reason or that is the reason. It is clear that Hamara labor ko Hamara building kaun karega. It is that simple. And that, in my books, is slavery. So, I really see no reason why I have to even ask, why do you want to go home? If the government can communicate to the public in general that you will be safe and taken care of, let them use the resources instead of doing full-page ads of Modi grinning. Let them, let them take out full-page ads in every... Let them take out autos with saying that, yahan meva batra ya ke khalo. What stops them? You cannot say that we will not let these people go home. And in my view, that I mean, that is the debate. There is no other debate. And oh, none of the people I, did that debate. I think in my very first sentence said that it is the violation of fundamental rights. Yeah. So I, I, I was not linking it with what Mr. Yadurappa said or what is the case in MP. I am not. 
far uh, removed from it i was making a separate point as an observer of people coming back here that, that right. just so uh, uh, it is uh, what if it, mr yadurappa has said that that is nonsense that i said that it is a violation right that, that cannot be an excuse for not sending back people correct cool that's clear then uh, now this email is from aditya chauhan aditya i'm reading out your mail although we don't read out non subscribers mail i have been told you could be a subscriber maybe you subscribe through a different email id and you've sent this email from a different email id so in case you are not please subscribe because now we've read your mail now you owe us a subscription <laughs> i'm aditya from jamshedpur i have been a long time admirer of news journey i've successfully convinced three of my friends to subscribe to you guys thanks aditya convinced many others so i'm assuming your subscription is still active but you've sent this mail from a different mail id i want to ask you about your opinion on centrism in journalism this whole idea of neutrality and unbiasedness personally i think central centrists are really dumb and annoying <laughs> okay uh because they resort to acts of monkey balancing and draw false equivalences especially what happens in journalism example shekhar gupta and sometimes rajdeep what is your take on this and what would you say to those who speak of anyone who criticize you or question the government as being negative ye itna negative kyun wala kya scene hai take care stay safe love you guys so aditya i'll tell you uh, you can Uh, listen to our podcast we discussed centrism at length yeah two podcasts i think in two listen. podcasts this is a long time ago my personal view is you can't be a centrist in general you can have a centrist view on a specific issue and me and manisha have banged heads on this already we had a long debate on this so you can check that out mm-hmm. as far as monkey balancing is concerned you're absolutely right i think a lot of people do it because to show that they are fair and balanced which in my view is monkey balancing i think you're right rajdeep does it often Shekhar I Shekhar think, I don't think so Shekhar just bashes liberals I don't think he does monkey balancing I think Shekhar says what will get me attention yeah, There was a time when Mehir used to do that when he used to write a column for Indian Express and I think that time because he had too much influence of Shekhar on him Mehir used to write these pieces which Mehir is a brilliant guy Mehir Sharma he is extremely intelligent one of the smartest minds I know but he take up position and I in fact wrote a piece in Indian Indian Express rebutting him and Shekhar was gracious enough at that time to publish it I think they just do it to say dekho sab bol rahe hain ek sab bolunga bhai Manu also does it sometimes Joseph सब बोल रहे हैं इस मेलबोर्न वेस्ट देखो मैं कितना क्लेवर आई थिंक इट इज दैट द स्मार्टेस्ट बॉय इन क्लास सिंड्रोम दैट यू जस्ट वांट टू शो योर क्लेवर सो आई डोंट थिंक इन शेखर्स यू इट्स मंकी बैलेंसिंग एंड वन थिंग आई विल से राजदीप इज दो मंकी या राजीव इज मंकी बैलेंसिंग बट लॉट्स ऑफ अदर्स डू आई थिंक बरखा डज दैट वेरी ऑफन एज़ वेल आई थिंक लॉट ऑफ जर्नलिस्ट डू दिस ऑल द टाइम इंक्लूडिंग राहुल कंवल ओ लास्ट वीक द राइट वाज बैशिंग अस दिस वीक द लेफ्ट इज बैशिंग अप we must doing something राइट इफ एवरीबॉडी हेट्स अस नो यू आर डूइंग एवरीथिंग रॉन्ग ऑल द टाइम एवरीबॉडी हेट्स यू I mean, this is true for everyone. I'm not talking about Rahul in general. I just took his tweet. So I'm not saying this to him, but I'm saying people who say everybody hates me. I'm assuming something, right? No, maybe you're just a dick. <laughs> That's also possible. So, also, a small point about <laughs> being biased and all that. Like we started saying that. I mean, there's oh, we no have a podcast thing. on objectivity. Check that out also, by yeah, the way. Yeah, there's no such thing as being unbiased. I mean, you can only be unbiased if you are either a robo or you are an idiot. Oh yeah, no God. Yeah. If you believe in God, God is also not unbiased. I mean, the whole religion. I guess <laughs> religion is testament to that. I wanted to say something about that. Yes, please go ahead, Anand. No, just two sentences. That uh, the danger is that when you define yourself, say as, uh, say, centrist or uh, left or right or liberal or conservative or something, when you define it, then there is an ex. also you confine yourself that you have to somehow bend everything to that right and uh, when you uh, so i think uh, napol got it right when he said that uh, 
even if you are an advocate of a great cause, however great it is, now that should not corrupt the vision of what you are seeing. Right. So yeah, I I think I more or less agree with that view. Uh, so um, we will just read out some of these mails and not in the entirety because some of them are very long, and then we shall wrap up. Please keep your recommendations ready. This one is from Vastav. He says, "Hi, I subscribed to News Journey just days ago and have." watched almost 50 nl hafta episodes in the last week it's just so good manisha is perfect perhaps too centrist for my left wing mentalities <laughs> but she's a goddess or a buffoon like the previous guy said with that yeah the previous guy said so with that out of the way i want to talk about the abysmal reportage and outrage over boys locker room i like anyone with a rational mind was disgusted by the text and the screenshots where i could not understand why the outraged twitterati believes that they can change the mentality of mm. these guys by shaming True. them we are the country of ulti buddhi and you cannot change people overnight <laughs> <laughs> then the sex education which was thrown around a lot is clearly no solution what kind of sex education we provide to a 7th grade child sitting in kota grinding away for jee neat <laughs> so he has you know views on on this whole thing we didn't discuss that actually there's been a suicide also at the back yes, of this controversy yes there's been a suicide so then he says um, if the twitterati wish to confront private groups like boys locker room and demand privacy at the same time they're going to expect to achieve anything in a world of private groups the only way to combat hate mongering is if you let zuckerberg indulge in censorship or the government read your texts so vastav has gone on and he's given us his view on on this whole outrage over the boys locker room and then shrizvi says i've been a long time subscriber but always thought dad but always through dad's credit card or elder brother's account i recently got my first salary working as a clinician and the first thing i did was get news on your subscription yeah shrizvi more power to people like you We don't have a lot of outlets or platforms left where news is neutral. News laundry might well turn out to be the shining north star. Fingers crossed. Well, you have attributed a virtue to us, which I don't believe we have. I don't believe we are neutral, but I guess I know what you mean. So thank you for giving us uh, that that pedestal. Though, like I said, I am not sure we belong there. My question is, how do people like me stop people like Karnab and the rest of the anchors who have forgotten the ethics sort of journalism? maybe it's my training speaking out but this one sided no facts based journalism is cancer it's growing and slowly compromising the functioning of the surrounding organs very well put how do i convince people to not tune into him every night how do i tell them that this articulation is just a facade to hide the shallowness of his ideas i had a balcony view to the whole shaheen bag protest it was a pleasure to godi media being escorted away also don't you have a responsibility to create a collective against slaughter of your profession Do you realize that sooner or later the general population is going to club all journalists under the same umbrella? Regardless, don't stop. Well, no, I don't worry about that. I believe that we will change things slowly. Maybe not overnight, but we will. So, Siddhesh Hirlekar, you've written an eight hundred and thirty word mail. So, I will read some of that. You say that NL versus NL should be freemium category, so we can share those. Well, it is NL versus NL won't be behind the paywall. Only subscribers can participate in the debates. but anyone can listen to the debate so i just want to clear that confusion that you have so everybody will be able to listen to it so you can share it with everybody he says i am someone who an aptard calls bhakt sanghi and bhakt calls liberando and i always give them a counter argument but for every organization i don't agree with abhinandan's monkey balancing should not be done position in general an individual can voice out extreme opinions in public private debates but essentially for a news outlet It is important to sound centrist specifically if they want to be considered reasonable and reliable and increase their support base. If they don't try to do that then people end up ignoring the important issues. For any bug that is easy to ridicule wire or scroll or even NL at times and the same thing is true for a Swaraj that's easy to ridicule because they have very one-sided coverage. 
He says the same feedback as Sohafta. At times, it is too single-sided since Anand Ranganathan left. Anand Vardhan is the only one left to fill up the vacant space. For me, you still miss a regular right-wing lunatic in Anand Rangat to counter the left-wing lunatic and Maharaj is the closest we have of that, he says. <laughs> Manisha P is my favourite, but surely she is too centrist to counter two wow, left-wing. Wow, so many people think of me. I'm going to start centrist party. And then you've given us a long thing Not about... Not Bhupendra Chaupi. Then you've given us a long thing about COVID-19 coverage and uh, how our criticism of some of the COVID-related stuff... We should take offense to him calling Mehraj and Anand both lunatics in in a way no, of praising I do, you. I don't take offense to lunatic, but too left, yeah. <laughs> too left, you too. So thanks uh, for writing. Thanks for your support and your subscription. But I will disagree with you. I don't think one has to appear balanced. I think everybody comes with their basic human values. I have seen an article in a news organization. I hate to take their name, but sometimes I do, but I won't. Where they referred to as a community as snakes and it wasn't done subtly that the Jamaatis are snakes. You know, because that is a dog whistle for all Muslims. They pretty much said every Muslim in India and you cannot let the snake make it heads too big because then you can't fight 10 heads like Krishan, Vanquish, Nagaraj or whatever the fuck it was. This was set you in a private conversation? No, it was set in an article. So, I think everyone comes with their basic worldview and human values. Some people have gone to the, to the level that that is acceptable if someone is taking the position that all death penalty should be banned and there should be no authorized murder, whether by the state or by anybody else, I don't believe to appear balanced, I have to put one that everybody should be shot. That is monkey balancing and I stand by my monkey balancing. And I, if you're a subscriber, I invite you to an NL versus NL. I'm quite confident I can make a convincing argument that monkey balancing is a reality and no news platform should indulge in monkey balancing. If you believe that something is well argued, you put it. If there is no good argument for it, you don't put that point of view across. And that is a subjective call that will be taken by the editors of that organization. I think there's this cliche that's often used for journalists. Like if somebody comes and tells you it's raining outside, another person says it's not. It's not your job to give space to both of them. It's your job to bloody go out of the window and look. Whether it's raining or not. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, the term we use is balance. Sure. I mean, there is there is need for balance in journalism. But what you're talking about is false balance, false equivalence or monkey balancing, which have to be thoroughly rejected. And in fact, many organizations, for example, in the New York, New York Times or Washington Post have made editorial decisions to not carry a climate change denial for the right. sake of balance, because there is no you cannot be denying climate change. It's happening. So that is false balance. Right. Uh, then we have a mail from Manas. Manas, your piece, you, in fact, you sent a beautiful illustrated explainer of the Aragisetu app. Uh, we love it. Uh, we will probably use it. We've just sent it to editorial filters of the technical aspects if they're accurate. And if it comes back with a green light, we shall be publishing it, man. So thank you for sending it. It is lo- beautifully done. And I loved your illustration of me. And Manish also. Although... He, uh, although yeah. he, Oh, yeah, he did an uh, illustration of Manisha also. Abhinandan and Manisha with name. Yeah, with name. He's done an <laughs> illustration. And Harsha says, I've been a long-time subscriber, more than three years. Recently, contributed with NLC in a project on Central Vista. Oh, it's going to be out soon. Thank you so much. More power to you. Her favorite is Mehraj. Oh, thank you. Sri Harsha. No, I'm going to say he. Sri Harsha. So yeah, his favorite is Mehraj. I have two questions. Why does business reporting in India mostly revolve around billions invested and not on the jobs created? How many jobs has Geo created by reducing competition? Can argue that Geo actually destroyed jobs. 
Maybe this is a question that can be answered by merely reading Jio's regulatory filings. Can someone do a review on the books in Mukesh Bhai's study? Some of the books about art and self-help would help us understand the man better. That is, of course, assuming that he's actually read them. My two cents, I'm a big fan of differential pricing for NL podcasts. I would gladly gift Awful and Awesome subscription to my friends to allow them to discover NL. Well, we're actually contemplating this differential good, pricing yeah. for podcasts only. Uh, we'll let you know when we've come to a decision on that. We'll be migrating to a new website later this month, the customized one. Based on the experiences on that, we'll be making some tweaks over the next few months. But thank you so much for your love and your support, all of you wonderful subscribers. I haven't been able to read all your mails in Toto. Yuri, I haven't read your mail at all, but I have read it and so have we all. Uh, so thank you for writing. Thank you for subscribing and thank you for not having buyer's remorse as you have pointed out. So on that note, uh, we don't have much time left for Boys Locker Room. We may discuss it next week. Next week maybe. We can uh, right now, can I just ask everybody to give the recommendations and say goodbye? Anand, let's start with you since you are on the phone and you can hang up. My recommendations are, I'm just recommending it to, for uh, the sense of occasion. Today is good for, for me also. I am uh, recommending two very basic, uh, one basic book uh, about, uh, many know it. It's the, perhaps the, in the Western world, it is the most popular book about Buddha. And it was uh, written by Edwin Arnold in 1879. And before that, it is believed that Buddha was not a major figure in Western world and he introduced uh, Buddha and his journey to the Western world. Uh, 1879, uh, Edwin Arnold, Light, Light of Asia, the book name is Light of Asia. It's a very simple narration of his philosophical journey. And the second one is a Hindi uh, say epic poem, uh, poetry. Uh, it's called Prabandh Kavya. In, uh, by Mathilishan Gupta Yashodhara, it is written from the point of view of uh, Buddha's wife. Right. So uh, Bud Buddha left her and uh, for his uh, spiritual or philosophical journey, whatever you call, and the renunciation. But uh, uh, what is the perspective of uh, his wife? So it uh, in, uh, in it's, uh, it's an epic poem. It uh, it's more than a poem, but it's a Prabandhikavya. I don't know how to meaningfully translate it into English. So, uh, but, but, but it's a, a new perspective, a literary perspective of looking at Buddha's journey. Right. Thank you. Raman, sir? Uh, the two Netflix documentaries. Which ones? Uh, one is Tiger King. Mm. Fantastic. This is about, uh, you know, three, four Americans who are... Yes. Uh, you, who own private zoos yeah. and how they have been fighting with each other mm. and uh, fantastic I think it was very well made uh, this is one and the second is Becoming this is Michelle uh, Obama oh right yeah, I heard about this okay. and there is uh, one documentary has come out uh, about one hour one hour 20 minutes which is pretty good Miraj uh, so I'll uh, recommend this Atlantic article it's called Why the Coronavirus is so confusing it's a long one by Ed Young so basically says all the numbers you're getting, all the news you're getting about this disease behaves this way, virus behaves this way, these are the numbers, these are the mortality rate. We don't know for sure anything as of yet. Mm. So whatever anybody is telling you, just hold back and think about it because we really don't know what is happening. So peace in CNN, uh, what happens if a coronavirus vaccine is never developed? It has happened before. 
I think it's a good read with all the optimism around that we'll get a vaccine in one year and all that. There are coronaviruses for which we haven't been able to get a vaccine. So th- there could be a very big possibility that we never have a vaccine for this. I mean, it's or at least it would take time. It would take more time than a year. I uh, would also recommend Dhruv Rathi's video on the whole Arnab issue. I think he's distilled it way more sensibly than a lot of other news professionals and he has a good grasp of the different things that are playing out here. It's a good watch. I also will recommend Akash Banerjee's video um, on uh, fascism in Germany. I think without schooling his audience or telling them how to think, he puts he gives you a good history lesson which you watch and you're like, "Oh wow, you know, this hmm. is so uncanny." So I I think you should watch that and share it with your friends and families also. So my two recommendations are Pradeep Bhanu Mehta's We Need to Question Our Addiction to Cultural and Political Economy of Alcohol and I highly recommend Manish also reads it. And uh this NPR piece called Buybacks and Bailouts. I think it in very quickly in about 20 minutes explains a certain concept of what happens when you allow a company to fail i think the kind of illiteracy generally about how companies and businesses work especially amongst journalists is very high a lot of them very senior journalists don't understand basics of how businesses work how they're structured what letting it fail means what a bailout often can mean and what are the so this kind of puts it in perspective and it is hinged on a very uh, on this video that went viral where this one billionaire a young sri lankan billionaire um, who is now of course canadian basically said let let these guys fail let these billionaires fail why are we bailing them out and that video went viral and they interviewed that guy so yeah on that note thank you panel thank you for joining us thank you listeners do pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served when advertisers pay advertisers served i urge you to convince your friends like some of our subscribers have to support news laundry because you guys can keep cribbing about the news being this being that being compromised but only those who pay for it will get to drive what direction it should go in and the likelihood of that happening when there's a whole bunch of thousands of people is less likely than five governments i'm still not saying that it is completely free of bias all i'm saying is the model is more robust than the earlier model so do pay to keep news free and write to us at contact at news laundry with any advice critique or suggestions you have i repeat contact at newslaundry.com we will only read the emails of subscribers on that note thank you all i shall leave you with this wonderful song thank you thank you bye bye laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. <laughs> <laughs>
to catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.